Hello! You are listening to the In Terms of Faith podcast. My name is Igor Rodriguez. And uh, I am a fellow Christian who wants to share a few of the things that I study, that I read with other Christians, um, trying to, to get some feedback, some comments, while at the same time practicing um, what I study. If I have to, as I mentioned before, if you follow this, uh, I usually do these podcasts while commuting, and which means uh, at most I will have only a few notes or bullet points that I'm following. So it's not like I'm reading something. I've studied and I've kind of memorized and I can go from there, which I think is a great uh, practice uh, for me to uh, commit to memory these things that I think are true, are right. Um, today, I want to talk about a... Um, we'll continue looking at Bible verses that um, people take out of context. People read these texts out of its context. So before I tell you which, uh, you probably know them, if you're listening to this, what the verse is, is Jeremiah 20, 29, 11. Before I read, um, just to give some background. So I grew up in Brazil, and I clearly remember going through um, a family house, visiting family, and I remember... Um, that some of these family members would have a little box. This little box was filled with small cards, uh, and each card contained a, a promise from God, apparently taken from from the Bible, the famous the famous uh, caixinha de promessas, or little box of promises. And the way this would work is you would take one random little card, read it, and then you would meditate or more, you would claim that particular a promise of God. You would pray over that uh, and sometimes claim that promise uh, from God. And I remember doing that and uh, looking at remember uh, family members doing that taking the little verse out of the box and reading and this is great and all. Now, how uh, frustrating I think it can be when we actually go to the Bible and read those verses uh, that contain the, 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 the entire verse, the entire section that contain that Bible verse. Uh, when we read that Bible verse, in, the, in its context. And one of the verses from these Caixinha de Promessas, little box of promises, that uh, would come up 
quite frequently and people you uh, would also mention it or uh, quote it by memory is Jeremiah 29:11, which says quote for I know the plans I have for you says the Lord plans to prosper you and not to harm you and there, there, there's more than that but uh, usually people read from 11 to 13 but uh, if they're saying um, quoting from memory They'll, they'll stop there. For I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you and not to harm you. That's a great promise That's a, that God gives us. And uh, a, an author compared this, that's the Christian American dream, the, 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 a comparison with uh, American dream. Uh, how great it is to have this promise from God that, we, that He has a plan for us to prosper. Uh, and not to harm. Now, even growing up, as I heard that uh, Bible verse being quoted, I thought it didn't match up with my experience. Even as a young, uh, young adult uh, Christian, that didn't match uh, with my experience. It didn't match with the stories I would uh, learn from all the Christians, like especially missionaries and how they they suffered uh, while in the mission field, or even missionaries that had died, that had given up their lives for uh, in strange um, lands. Um, so that verse didn't just didn't something was wrong with it, uh, and also that verse didn't match with Bible characters, Bible characters in their stories. So even when we read other Bible stories, all the Bible characters, how they suffered, and like the missionaries I, I mentioned, even died because of their faith. So how does that promise from God, from Jeremiah 29, 11, applies here? That God says that I have plans to prosper you and not to harm you. How did that match? So even early on, something for me was fishy about the way people used uh, that verse. And for me, I took, at minimum, that verse as an eternal promise. Or rather, a, a promise of eternity. Uh, I didn't see that verse as a, a right now prosperity or success as people around me understood and used and claimed that verse. Um, Bargerhoff, the author, writer, Bargerhoff, he, he wrote this, he wrote this, is this an appropriate use of this verse to put God on the hook for a life of prosperity and blessing that fits my timeline and my definition. So I thought exactly what this Christian author thought, even as a young uh, Christian. Is this an appropriate use of this verse? And uh, the past few weeks, as I thought about this podcast and prepared this podcast, I actually went to Jeremiah I actually went to Jeremiah and I read Jeremiah from beginning 
I didn't finish the whole book. I went up to, to chapter up to chapter thirty-two, uh, and my goal was to to get a big pic, a bigger picture of what was going on, and later to narrow on that uh, specific verse. So what was going on there? So let me share a few um, a few things that I learned as I read through as I read through Jeremiah. So the background of what, what is going on is this. So at the beginning of Jeremiah, the book of Jeremiah, Jeremiah is called to be a prophet to Judah. So this is chapter 1. Uh, God says to Jeremiah, Stand up and say to them, that's Judah, whatever I command you. So that's the beginning of uh, the book of Jeremiah. But God also says, and this is a warning but also a promise. God says, They will fight against you, but will not overcome you. For I am with you and will rescue you. So now I mentioned this verse because there's a lot of use here. And in this text, it's clear who the you is. When God, God is clearly speaking to Jeremiah, and he says, They will fight against you. But do not overcome you, for I am with you and will rescue you. Uh, I'm going to go back to this. When we read Jeremiah 29 11, there's a you there, but who is that you? Get to that uh, soon. So, as I read through, uh, the next 38 chapters um, are Jeremiah's message to Judah. Mostly Judah. There are a few times. He uh, has a message to other nations, a few times to the northern um, kingdom. Uh, but the message from Jeremiah is always the same, a message of repentance and restoration or punishment. For example, uh, Jeremiah 7.3, uh, we read, Reform your ways and your actions. And I will let you live in this place. So there's always a message of repentance and restoration. But for the most part, it's punishment. Now there are a few times, as I read through, that I think was really interesting. When Jeremiah complained with God, or either begs God not to punish Judah. Uh, to which God says... And I'm reading from, from Jeremiah 5.1. God says, Go up and down the streets of Jerusalem. Look around and consider. Search through her squares. If you can find but one person who deals honestly and seeks the truth, I will forgive this city. That's God saying. And then a few verses later, 5.11, God answers, The people of Israel... And the people of Judah have been utterly unfaithful to me. So even though there are lots of uh, call to repentance, call to turn back, the people of Israel have been utterly unfaithful to me, God says. In uh, chapter 12, verse 15, Jeremiah complains again. And God says, quote, I will again have compassion. And will bring each of them back to their own inheritance in their own country. 
So this is God saying that there will be punishment if there's no repentance. And they will be, they will go into exile. And God is clear what's going to happen to them. But in this verse, 12, 15, God says He will later restore His people again. So just a few things on the book is Jeremiah is even persecuted and tortured. You can read on chapter 20. Um, and then he prays to God and prays God for his uh, rescue. Then in chapter 25, verse 3, we read that, quote, For 23 years the word of the Lord has come to me, that's Jeremiah speaking, and I have spoken to you, that's you again, and that you is Judah, I have spoken to you again and again, but you have not listened. For 23 years, uh, Jeremiah did that. He was a prophet from God to Judah, preaching repentance and restoration or punishment. Then we get to our chapter, chapter 29. It's a letter that Jeremiah sent from Jerusalem. And you can read that in verse 1. The letter is sent, quote, to the surviving elders, the elders are in exile, and to the priests, the prophets, but also to the people that was car carried into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. So the whole chapter 29 is a letter that Jeremiah wrote to the people that are in exile. And then in verse 11, that's our verse, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and future. Again, there's a lot of you. Who is that you? Who is the you that God had in mind when He spoke these words of consolation? So who is the you that God spoke these words of, uh, of comfort? Now it's clear by the context, this is Judah, the nation. And even more, it's the people in exile people living in Babylon. This is not to us, Christians of the 21st century. Uh, this is from a letter that Jeremiah sent to the people that were exiled in Babylon. Um, so let me read a longer passage from Jeremiah 29, starting on verse 4, which is the beginning of the letter. So this, uh, the letter says, This is what the Lord Almighty the God of Israel says to all those I carried into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. This is what God says. Build houses and settle down. Plant gardens and eat what they produce. Marry and have sons and daughters. Find wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage so that they too may have sons and daughters. Increase in number there. Do not decrease. Also, seek the peace and prosperity of the city to which I have carried you into exile. Pray to the Lord for the city. Because if the city prospers, you too prosper. And then skipping to verse 10. When 70 years are completed for Babylon, I will come to you and fulfill my good promise to bring you back to this place. For I know the plans I have for you. That's Judah. After 70 years... God will fulfill the promise He made. And you can read those promises on all those chapters that, God, that comes before 
chapter 29. The promise to bring them back because God knows the plans that he has for Judah. Greg Cockle uh, says this about this passage. Quote, this was a promise for the Jews in exile, not for storm-tossed Christians uncertain about their future. We may learn broader principles from passages like these, like the principle that God keeps His promises when He makes them, which is a valuable lesson for believers of all eras. But the particular promise in this passage is not for us. So even more, if we want to claim verse 11 for us, why don't we claim a few verses before, like verse 5? Why don't we take those verses as uh, God's commands or God's promises? God says, build houses, settle down, plant gardens, eat, uh, find wives, increase in number, seek the peace and prosperity of the city to which I have carried you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it. When 70 years are completed, I will come to you. So why don't we wait 70 years for that promise? So this is completely taken out of uh, context. Uh, again, Eric Bargerhoff, uh, as I mentioned before, he calls this verse the American dream from God. I want prosperity, I want success now on my own terms. And I'm going to claim to that verse uh, the promise from God to have that. But he says, quote, friends, in the end, we should never be looking and living for our own glory in this life. God will fulfill His promises, yes, but not all of His promises were meant to be fulfilled the way we want them to be fulfilled in this life. And we cannot twist Scripture around in order to make that happen. So, there you have it. This is my, uh, well, not my, but uh, I'll say my take on Jeremiah 29.11, uh, which says, For I know the plans I have for you. And this is how this verse is taken completely out of context. And just by reading a little bit around it, uh, the verse itself, we can get an idea of what the verse is all about and mainly what that you, who is that you that the verse mentions. Uh, just showing that contrary to the little box of promises, we should not just take one verse and read and claim uh, as a promise uh, from God to us. There are several promises uh, from God to us. One of them is Jesus. He said, in this world, you will have affliction. In this world, you will be persecuted. Claim that. Uh, but anyway, anytime I think we find uh, a verse we mentioned, uh, go back to the Bible, read the context, uh, read to, to whom the, the letter or the passage was uh, addressed, uh, or was sent to, or who the author had in mind. Just like in this case, this was a letter that Jeremiah wrote to people in exile with a promise from God, which he later fulfilled. And you can read that at the end of uh, Jeremiah. So let's read our Bible. Be like the Bereans in the book of Acts, who, um, being of noble mind, 
uh, after Paul preached, they went and searched the scriptures to see if what Paul was saying was true. So thank you again for spending time with me. And uh, as always, I look for comments. Uh, if you had any other examples or additions to this passage, uh, insights that you may share with me, uh, even for my own uh, spiritual growth, I'll welcome that, uh, Jeremiah 29 11. But uh, I look forward to interacting with you. And every Monday, I have a new podcast. I have been faithful to do one every week. Um, this is our sixth podcast. And I'll do that. I'm trying to use my time to the best. And um, use my um, time to study the Bible. And mostly to share that with others. And hopefully this will be helpful to you. And you can share that. As always, you can uh, find me or contact me using my email uh, in terms of faith at outlook.com. And hope to see you here every Monday and wait for your comments. Have a great day uh, and claim God's promises as long as they are the right ones. Uh, be well. See you later.